0: Hello, I am Amindro Law. I'd like to uh, welcome you now to uh, Exit Matrix Podcast. Uh, have you with me uh, two this of my... This motherfucker
1: watch one Khabib <laughs> fight. You
0: see how this nigga is? I like to smash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what kind of uh, potato is my favorite?
2: What kind of potato?
0: The mashed potatoes because you smashed them. <laughs> Yo, we got Keto
1: Marshall back up in this bitch one more again. Hey,
0: y'all. We back from from burgers and milkshakes.
1: And hardcore sports.
0: Yeah, sports fan, go Nets. Hardcore fan, yeah. Go team, go, go
1: team, go, go team, go. There were
0: so many drunk bros at the parade. But anyway, I digress. I'm very excited that uh, the gang is all here. There is so much to talk about. We promised it last week. I feel like we're ready to jump in. Do I have consent and confirmation?
2: Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Oh, Sake, let's enter the All right. matrix. All right, but not because you said <laughs> there's nothing personal for me, it's just business.
2: The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit during the, the 60s and New York City, immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which
0: is right up expecting any backlash oh i'm already getting it oh yeah how does that feel
2: (laughs) okay so first up is the state of revolutionary demonstrations against fascist and neoliberal regimes in let's do the countdown (laughs) zimbabwe (laughs) lebanon palestine hong kong bolivia chile argentina ecuador colombia haiti canada iraq
1: and
0: shit has turned the up right now let's go on shit is turned up on 10 right now and i uh, yo
1: it's so much to talk about right but i think like or a little bit of this shit right we're done such a disservice we're forced to take history in american schools for so long and they don't talk about shit that matter to understand what's happening in south america right now you have to understand the bolivarian revolution which happened in the 19th century there was a guy named simon bolivar textbook class traitor this was a person that was wealthy as fuck came from an aristocratic fucking family on some real zorro shit kicks the spanish empire out of south america and he states specifically he needs to make a strong indigenous led native south america that is strong enough to resist any incursions in the future from not just the spanish but also the Americans. Now, this is 1817 that this shit is happening. He's already foreseeing United States pushing into South America and trying to control what's happening with the politics, essentially through the Monroe Doctrine. Something we're taught is very positive, but imagine if you are another autonomous nation and the United States is like, nah, we get veto power on any other fucking country you fucking... That's like some abusive boyfriend shit. Hey, you don't get to see if a nigga uh, if I don't say so.
0: That's what America does.
1: And assignment, So, like, that's the Bolivarian revolution. When that shit happened, that's the legendary seed that's the crux at the heart of all of this shit. So we're gonna talk about how that shit played out through all these different nations, and let's get it started.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's like, Keita, like you explained, so many different things that are going on. We had to kind of break it up. Break it up because there was so much going on. So I'm gonna start off if I may,
2: yes, please. with, do.
0: Uh, with Zimbabwe. And I'm, I'm not going to go deeply into this thing. Like I said, we're going to give you the broad stroke. All these things are connected. Do your own research. We're going to scratch the surface with you. But essentially what's happening right now in Zimbabwe, and this isn't happening just in Zimbabwe, it's happening in many countries in the continent of Africa. There is a regime that the United States doesn't rock with, and they imply sanctions on a country. So what ends up happening is people that are poor there that don't we are not able to gain any imports are not able to sell their goods, they don't have any money, they don't have any resources. What's really kind of destabilizing things right now is the cost of petrol. It's just went up a hundred and forty percent over the last month. Can you imagine a hundred and forty percent? What's
1: happening that in DC right now? What's it was at like
0: two sixty so for regular. Talking
1: about five dollars a
0: gallon that would think about $5 how that a gallon bro if it went to five dollars a gallon the city would and you didn't get it. a
1: penny more you, you didn't get like a, a fucking raise you didn't get nothing you had the same money you got right now but the amount of money it takes you to go to work literally just doubled, just doubled.
0: and a little some more a little something more and these are the direct actions of the united states and united states sanctioning countries which is essentially a soft war with
1: them. Oh it, it, no! It's undeniably it's economic warfare. Right. That's what it is. It's absolutely economic warfare.
0: Thirty-three percent of all of the world has some form of sanction on them by the United States. And remember, last week we were talking about Kita. You weren't here, but we were talking about freedom. And justice as like these words that we (laughs) we put out there that mean a very different thing than they're supposed to mean. I feel like, yeah, I feel like something that we're going to be hearing a lot, you know, from today is economic reforms. That's what they use when they say everyone is poor. They're railing against capitalism and they're not going to like take small concessions. They want big economic change. They say economic reforms. So essentially, if you read... What's in the paper, or you watch CNN or whatever, you're gonna hear Zimbabwe looking for economic reforms if they mention it at all. Do your own research, scratching the surface.
1: All right, so Lebanon, what's popping off in Lebanon?
0: If you know right now, I mean, Lebanon has not necessarily been an incredibly stable country the last couple of years. A lot of unrest there, and it's just like similar what we're talking about with Zimbabwe. Maybe it's not the sanctions that are involved, economic reforms. People are poor as shit, they don't have resources. The jobs that they do have are not enough to pay their rent, and they have to get two or three jobs. People are, I think, at this point, fed up with what's happening. So their prime minister, uh Prime Minister Hariri, is just resigned. And I don't know about y'all. When I see a politician resign, I know shit had to hit the fan. Yeah. Because you know they don't want to give up that power. Nope. They're uh, protesting in the streets for the the proper representation in their... They're not ready to see some neoliberal bullshit. They're not here for some minimal increase in minimum wage or some concession. They want real life leftist change in Lebanon right now. All those higher ups, all those you know, different uh, you know heads of states and the people that work for them. When it comes to the money, they're intersectional, baby. Everyone else is caring about the Sunni and the Shia and all these different ethnic groups. When it comes to this money. Think about this. Saudi Arabia is an ally with Israel. That, think about strange bedfellows. But
1: also it's religious. Like, Saudi Arabia is willing to do whatever it takes to block the ascendancy of the Shia version of Islam. They're willing to do whatever. Like, even dealing with people that are not Islamic at all, which is anathema to me. That's like, you're never gonna see Protestants working with Hindus to defeat Catholicism. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is
0: that? Like, yeah. that shit is so weird to me. I just think the the last thing I want to say is, if you are watching the fake news, you're gonna be hearing things about Hezbollah and Hezbollah is something uh, is a organization that is, exists in. I mean,
1: but they're also a political whatever else. They're, they a are, political they're a political organization. Party.
0: You're right. You're a, they're a political party, and they're no trying more to... or
1: less. I would say no more or less violent than any other political party. Let's not forget that there's a political party from the United States called the Democrats that dropped a nuclear device on a civilian population. That was how World War II ended. A Democrat said, drop a bomb on a fucking city of regular fucking people. Yeah, two. So how can we talk about anything that any other political fucking party does when we talk about violence? I just feel like, again, it's just important to reframe like what political party's about. This is why it's hard for me to affiliate myself with any political fucking party.
0: You saw me kind of uh, stumble there, man. I appreciate you picking me up because I, 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 it is interesting to think about like Hamas and Hezbollah, these places that you're always been talking about, like, oh, they're terrorist organizations. There was a Democrat that was in office not too long ago that was straight up, bombing people, you know, straight out their homes like we were talking about.
1: Seven different nations without a fucking writ of war from Congress, right? So, like, again, like, to me, all those political parties are fucking dangerous. Like, they're—and is why, like, I'm unaffiliated. I refuse—I'm not a joiner, bro. We've talked about this shit before, you know? So, like, yeah, it's impossible to talk about Lebanon without talking about the underground, you know, militia movement that is Hezbollah, Right. Um, and again, militias freak me the fuck out, period, whether they call Hezbollah or the fucking Proud Boys, mm-hmm. like whatever fucking militia you're talking about, a non-government organization that's like fed up. You know, they got money coming from places. No one knows where the fuck is coming from. And they got hella fucking weapons that are, if not military grade, just short of that shit. That shit freaks me the fuck out.
0: Yeah, I will say this. It's far more. I mean, Hezbollah has no real danger to me. But some of these good old boys.
1: Last week, bro. Yeah. Like, I less than a chance. Like, we're talking about like fucking ISIS, bro. I have more chance to be shot by lightning than sons ISIS. Sons of
0: something weird, Isabel. yeah. There's
1: literally nothing I could do in my life. Some
0: Montana militia, some, you know, right? South Dakota crazy right. white boys that up can in the happen woods. At
1: any moment. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, we heard uh, you're dark ass and had one white girl too many. Like, that's some shit that, like, any fucking day of my life, that bullshit could happen.
0: Man, we, we're we're moving through these. Like I said, do your own research. Like we uh, we I think we just wanted to get a, a an overview here, but there is going to be that conversation of Hezbollah as like the reason for this unrest. That's totally untrue. Those that's not what the people are talking about. That's not what they're discussing, and that's not what they're asking. Yeah, that's going to bring me to um to Palestine. You know, Palestine is sort of in a perpetual state of protest. I mean, especially at the Gaza Strip and basically an open air prison. But this is actually happening on the West Bank right now. There is a record number of homes being demolished that are owned by Palestinians that are now going to be given to Israeli settlers. I mean, they've been doing it for many decades, but this is against international law that they continue to demolish these homes and encroach upon, you know, the the area where Palestinians live. And this is a record number of homes that were demolished this past week.
1: But when you have a perpetual homie... That's always going to throw that cock block ass vote and stop any resolution from having anything more than even a symbolic meaning. Like, that's the advantage of having alliances with with nations that are part of the five permanent members of the Security Council. Like, and I think people don't talk about that enough. This is why the unaligned movement is so important and so powerful. Because, like, most of them haven't done that dragon's deal to have one of those five nations be their perpetual homie. Like, Israel got a perpetual homie in the United States because of a lot of fucking reasons, not least of which being the fucking evangelical vote. But if you're a nation like Zimbabwe, why the fuck does China care about you? Britain care about you? France care about you? The United States care about you? Who am you're I missing? Of, Russia.
0: You're a piece of the pie to be divided, you know. Oh, you can have Zimbabwe. Oh, you'll have this. You're, you're a negotiating ship. Hey, yo, they got this.
1: Oh, shit, they need some Freedom. They, need some they got we got some oil mineral deposits. Oh God. I God. think them motherfuckers some earth, need some freedom. rare earth minerals. Man, there's a lot of desperate type situations popping off. You hey, know? Do,
0: do you know how to do you know how to dig up um, rare earth minerals with justice? <laughs> Ooh, there it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just to, just to, um, I don't know. I guess for the moment, put a cap on Palestine w- once again. This is just like a, a systematic—I don't want to, you know, be heavy-handed here, but it's a systematic genocide. It's, it's quietly removing people from these areas. You're constantly using the most—one of the most dangerous police forces, a domestic military that basically kills people at will when they feel like it with no justice and, you know, real justice, not Murica justice, and is co- constantly breaking international law, mainly because Murica and all of Murica's candidates— are completely interested in, A, the evangelical vote, which is very important in this country, blah, 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 voting's a joke. The next thing is they're looking for hegemony in that region. They need an Israel because it's so important to have multiple countries in that region that are your allies so you can exploit other places.
1: And what's ironic to me is throughout the entire Cold War, the NATO ally, Turkey, was that. Like, before Israel became that for the United States, it was Turkey. Like, Turkey was critical because they were—Turkey was, to the United States of America, what Cuba was for the Soviet Union. Mm. They represented the exact same geopolitical advantage, and that was an undefeatable first fucking strike. But Russia Russia buckled. And this is why it's like a lot of the fucking uh, non-aligned movements don't fucking trust Russia. Because Russia's fucking treatment of them all throughout the Cold War was like, look— we would like to work with you, but we're not going to go to war with the United States if this shit goes <laughs> south for <of> your ass. <laughs> right. And so, like, they ended up burnt on a lot of fucking shit. But the United States, the United States always went hard for their fucking allies, man. Looking for the, the fucking Six-Day War. America hooked Israel up with the greatest, dopest shit ever just to have entry point into the fucking Middle East. You know, the wowie-zowie shit. Shit they wasn't even selling to their NATO partners. And... Closing a blind eye to any type of research that the IDF might have been working on. And that's all we got to say on that shit. So, like, it really was a big advantage to have the United States as a fucking ally.
0: Let's move What else we got? What else we got? There
1: are people that recognize the value of United States allyship. They want to fucking create those bonds. In Asia, for example.
2: Oh, you mean Hong Kong. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like Amin said, some background. Hong Kong protests. The core of the protesters are young people, mostly university secondary students. And then, of course, they're protesting. Well, originally it was about the extradition law that would allow suspects to be transferred to mainland China. And tried in the court. And now, of course, it's over the escalating police violence against the protesters. Oh, God, where do I begin? I mean, Hong Kong is... Okay, I guess the context for this would probably be that Hong Kong is... So I guess what people don't might not understand about Hong Kong is that for 150 years, I want to say, it was actually a British territory.
0: How do you lease some shit for 150
2: years? I I know. Well... (laughs) Initially, it it was perpetual. it, It was perpetual. Well, I mean, it wasn't like China had a choice. It was economic terrorism that you and Emoja talk about all the time. And Britain was like, you going to do this or we go fuck your shit up.
0: Yeah, do what Britain and does. So
2: China was like, yeah, you have have Hong Kong for a little bit. And I mean Britain didn't even wanna give it fifty years. A little bit.
0: I guess when you're like a four thousand year old <laughs> nation. 4, in my ass.
2: I, I think this China's is a ten thousand year, old, 10, old, year old, old culture. And That's the thing is is when years. you have survived that long, you're gonna be like, we gotta outlast you, bro. So we gotta get it back. It's just gonna be a matter of time. We're gonna
0: outlast you, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what China said. <laughs>
2: Ten thousand years compared to your likes. yeah. How big is empire. Britain compared
0: to China now,
2: though? Yeah, mm. I mean, we we could have arguments about that too. <laughs> but at least it, so it's more even. Yeah, that's for it's sure. More even so, Hong Kong returned to Chinese occupation in
1: nineteen ninety seven. nation occupied though? Can, it, can a host
2: nation occupy... I mean, we could get into these arguments about we like can. what then and... makes a sovereign country. Not to say it was always sovereign. It was under colonial rule. Mm. We can't deny that. They but have some
0: autonomy already, too.
2: They do have some autonomy because that was part of the Britain's agreement in returning Hong Kong. First, China had to agree that Hong Kong would stay a capitalist system for 50 years, I believe, was the agreement. That it would stay... Uh, capitalist because it would then be like one country two systems rule is what they really kind of follow and so Hong Kong I mean and that brings all of this background for context because most people are thinking Hong Kong is just part of China but in I gosh what was that poll you shared with me Emoja?
1: What the fuck? <laughs> you fucking Okay, me- anyways.
2: Yo, Emoja will
1: send you four polls <laughs> in a day, will send bro. send you
2: so much shit. But he sent, um, let's see if I can Team remember. Mother
1: fucking motherfucking Ravenclaw. Okay, that's true. His, that is true. Uh, his
2: research game is on point, man.
1: It is. And then
2: his memory for all of this shit, as we're like, Hong you Kong. know, it's like uh, that uh, thing with the... Uh, uh. <laughs> so essentially... Oh, do you what... mean the War of 1812?
0: Well, let me tell you. Yeah, R- yeah,
2: right, yeah. right, right, exactly. oh, right. Exactly. What you have to know is... <laughs> you... So the poll that he showed me was that um, when they polled Hong Kong citizens, only 3% of them considered themselves Chinese.
0: And 3%? I think only 3% of them. No.
2: Yeah. 3%?
0: Which,
2: but this brings into, because I mean, people are like, oh, it's just part of China. And it's, but Hong Kong, at least the residents there don't feel that they're Chinese, don't believe that they belong to China in the way that China absolutely wants them to belong to China. And of course, we have to say, take into account 150 years of colonialist rule and how that has influenced, and of course, Britain wasn't just saying, "Hey, we we got you guys, your British territory," but it was absolutely a way to funnel all of that Western machinations into China, into that whole Asian coast, um, in order to bring what they would call their advances, but really their ideologies, their capitalist systems, and to take keep control of economic power. And all of that kind of influences everything that's happening in Hong Kong, because, of course, they're combating against China, wanting to subsume the country again. Honestly, China is like, you are Chinese. You belong to China. You need to get in line. And Hong Kong, of course, and the protesters are saying, nah, bruh, that's that. not happening. Not slim.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, great. Is your army ready to to defeat the fucking People's Republic of fucking China? That's the
2: problem, because China, of course, is bearing its... I mean, the police brutality in any protest situation gets untenable. So you begin protesting, and then... These police forces come in and they act like military forces and they try to shut all of this shit down. But I think really the behind the scenes though is that China is really trying to cripple Hong Kong's economic power in this way so that it can bring it back into the mainland.
0: Well, I think Amoja had it right when you want to jump, you want to get. I do, them, I, do. Get I do. This is what them. we talk about, right? This is one of the things that liberals don't fucking get:
1: freedom and sovereignty. It's not a fucking intellectual debate. We used to talk about this in fucking Arkansas in hunting season. Why do you bring a big fucking rifle? Because you can't debate the fucking bear not to fucking eat you. The bear does not care about your superior argument, right? And this is where, like, liberalism and neoliberalism gets it wrong. Do you think that the fucking nation... Let's say that Hong Kong is a nation. First off, city-states played out, oh, I don't know, 3,000 fucking years ago, right? But city-state, Hong Kong, then has to be in a place to defend its autonomy. Like, China's not just going to be able to, like, no American would fucking believe, like, a bunch of people went to L.A. and was like, you know what, nah. L.A. is now New astalon. Like, all of the fucking, uh, all of the the Chicanos that live here were claiming we are a separate culture and we want to respect our fucking freedom. That would never happen.
2: I find that funny because I feel like that's exactly what happened with Texas. It used to belong to Mexico. United States took it over. and Now Texas is like, fuck y'all, we're Texas.
1: No, that's not what happened though, right? That's the Texas mythology. Let me break that down for you real quick. (laughs) Texas actually applied to the United States of America, the young United States of America, for help against Mexico. The United States of America was like, fuck no. We're not fighting Mexico. Mexico is big. They are armed. And this is a tough fucking fight. This is a real fact. Texas fought Mexico alone. uh, Texas (laughs) Texas won their independence and applied for citizenship in the United States. The United States turned them down because they didn't have enough fucking tax revenue to be worthy of it. Plus, they assumed another battle with Mexico was imminent, and the young United States of America did not want to go to war with Mexico at that time. Oh, how the fucking tides have fucking turned. Now, eventually, Texas was able to interest the United States in the coming over, but originally, the United States of America didn't want to have shit to do with that. They were like, you're on your own, bro. Why the fuck do you think all the motherfuckers died at the Alamo? That wouldn't have (laughs) happened if the United States was on the way, yo. It was like... They were stunting. They was hoping. They sent letters to Congress.
0: Billy yeah. Bob we're- Thornton died in that. <laughs>
1: and that
0: he and died that, at the Alamo, bro. You know, and
2: that thing that happened. Okay, so moving on. Don't move on. I, oh, yeah. yeah, I, I yeah.
0: want to circle back to Hong Kong because I think it's important. I think there's some layers here and I want to, you know, I think you, Mo Man, you got your layers. And uh, I think they are um, very relevant. And I think just to add upon what you were saying is, I think what's kind of going on right here is hong kong is sort of being used as a pawn by the western by by the united states and and i mean that because i think that they've kind of given them a little sliver of hope like they're going to be backing them because you gotta kind of think that america is a america is really excited that there is a city within china that's railing against communism and it's sort of that america never will let socialist or communist shade there's there's no there's no shade that's too low for them to grab (laughs) yeah so they're kind of being used as a pawn in this situation and i think that you know the young hong kongers who are you know moving forward i don't know if they maybe as aware as they should be you know what i'm saying of of those games like being a pawn or they're sort of buying into western aspect of you know this is what they want to be about they want to be about this western capitalism and it's sort of that that divide right there that i think is 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 interesting to look at
2: yeah absolutely interesting to look at and then difficult to to examine because of course we can i mean we're here in the us obviously and they're in hong kong protesting and having to fight against all of these economic and social injustices, honestly, and so it's, and then of course, exactly what you said—that in any protest situation, we all have to be cautious of the fact that
1: our shit can be co-opted at any point. I mean, that's why this shit is so funny to me, right? Because so many Western, you know, liberal news spots that are talking about these these insurgencies, right? We're talking about really an Arab Spring in South America, and also, you know, if you're talking about Hong Kong. But, like, so, like, they're combining all of these into one. And I remember there was a conversation where, like, some Western media was blowing it up and talking about, and the people of Chile and Argentina and Hong Kong are all fighting for their freedom. And a Chilean jumped on there like, bullshit, don't link us in there with them fucking fascists in fucking Hong Kong. We're not rolling with them. We're not backed by the fucking United States. Like, and just blew that shit out of the water. Like, only liberals in America are fucking confused about who's funding what, and, and, and why it's popped off. So, like, that brings us to fucking South America. Bolivia, right? I feel like it's important because, of course, they bear the name of the Bolivarian fucking revolution. Evo Morales just won his election again with... Uh, now, again, we're talking about how much turnout. 88.31% of that country turned out and went to the fucking polls. Wow. Evo Morales defeated Carlos Mesa... With 47% of the popular vote. Carlos Mesa got 36%. So you got an ass whooping. You got an electoral ass whooping. That is a mandate from the fucking people. Some fun facts about Evo Morales. He's a longtime socialist. He literally runs as a socialist on his uh, party. He's considered the world's poorest president. He does not take a fucking income to do his position. Right Now, of course, right? Cheeto says that same shit, but then at the same time, he makes fucking visiting dignitaries go to Mar-a-Lago and shit to, like, you know, because he's making more money on the back end and shit. He's the 80th president of fucking Bolivia, but he's the first one of indigenous blood. Whoa. The first one. Whoa.
0: Mind-blowing.
1: He grew up growing coca, that coca. But he fought against the United States early with the the coca eradication programs, saying that coca was an inherent part of indigenous culture because they're not making cocaine. They're literally chewing coca leaves like their culture has done for the past 3,000 fucking years. So that's some fun facts on fucking Bolivia. Those
0: facts were fun.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Kita, you jumping in? You got the, the Chile report?
2: Okay, so Chile. Um, Once again, the young the people... Chile report. I know. He sounds so official. Um, So once again, the young people pulling through being like, fuck this shit. We're tired. <laughs> We're not going to take this. Um, they
0: really did say fuck this shit.
2: I, they really Yo, did. Yo, the Chileans
0: really said fuck the this Chileans shit. The Chileans
2: really said fuck this shit. Um, and I mean, it started with something that we can relate to. Rise in metro ticket prices. And then, of course, it's mutated since then into the... Inequalities that they've had to experience, the deficiency in public services, poor wages, pensions, privatization, privatization, the government repressing all of these forms of protest, and they pulled up and said, "What you got?"
0: Yeah, yo, it's it's interesting because you know when people talk about GDP and they talk about like. Uh, People like countries, economies, it has so little to do with what the average people are like making and how like um, how enjoyable it is to live in this country. And if you look at Chile, it's one of the more in terms of GDP, they're up there when it comes to South America.
1: Americans have such a bias, right? They, I mean, this is what white supremacy does. White supremacy makes you think the United States has... Premier life has modern life, contemporary life. Europe has contemporary life in Japan. When you think the rest of the fucking world is in huts and shit, like, the internet is some new shit, they don't got that shit, motherfucker. They got AOL it. and shit, you, you know, know? what I'm saying? Like bro, <laughs> KFC fucking everywhere, dog. McDonald's is everywhere. The internet is everywhere. Bro,
0: fucking Uber is everywhere. Gucci
1: is everywhere. And, like, our shit don't even be the best shit. It was you who was telling me about, like, in fucking, uh, what was it, the fucking uh, Bahrain, not Bahrain, but uh, the Emirates, how it was, like, Uber helicopter and shit.
0: Yeah, they got the Uber helicopter. <laughs> That's when you
1: really flossing on a nigga, bruh. Like, I know you back on Chile. I'm not going to fucking, but I'm just going to say, like, in Peru, there is a woman who just got her doctorate. She wrote her thesis in fucking Quechua, which is, like, we call them Incas, which is dumb as shit. Like, calling those people Incas is like calling the ancient Egyptians pharaohs. Like, only the rulers will call Incas. So, like, y'all, stop that shit. Stop calling those people Incas. They were the Quechua. But it's a fucking language that was damn near destroyed with the Spanish and colonialism and the Encomienda system. This person just wrote their doctoral fucking thesis in Quechua. And it's that kind of shit that we talk about. It's subversive shit.
0: Yeah, and letting your ass know that we ain't got all the smart people here, bro. People smart all around the world.
1: Oh, absolutely. Ecuador has just fought off a loan from the IMF. The people said, we're not going to take this shit. We're not paying this bullshit off. You give the money back and get the fuck out of the fucking office. So, like, this shit is popping off all over. Argentina. Argentina's uh, Alberto Fernandez defeated Macri, who had failed to deliver, on free markets will drive economic growth. Free markets. All that ever. I mean, that's like... Deregulation. Fucking Santa Claus, bro. (laughs) Trickle down down economics. All around the world, people are like, this is some bullshit. Free markets, all that's done is allowed the fucking oligarchs to aggregate all of this fucking wealth. And we're broke as shit. Fair trade is hard enough. Free trade is bullshit. But free
2: trade, you got a choice between 10 different detergents.
1: Coca-Cola or Pepsi. But you
2: also can't do it like free markets when you only have two choices. Really? Seriously? That's free? I guess you had
1: your pick of one of two. And Colombia, right? A bastion, a bastion of fucking right-wing bullshit. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Between Colombia and Brazil, right now, they got the right-wing fucking locked down. Hey, it's been a tough year for neoliberals all around the world. Because fascists are winning and leftists are winning. So, like, what are the Democrats going to do?
0: I did nothing wrong. I carried out the <laughs> policy. but I did
1: nothing wrong. Fucking, my science did nothing wrong. My son did nothing wrong. My son okay. did nothing wrong. We have a queer woman of what? color gang, who has become gang. the mayor in Bogota. So, like, and again, that's not a guarantee this person is a leftist, but often you're well on your way to understanding because you, too, have been an oppressed minority several times over. Mm -hmm. So, like, you tend to have leftist fucking sympathies for that shit. So, like, all around South America, everything that Simon Bolivar fought for back in 1817, like, those people are waking the fuck up, they're keeping the Europeans out, and they're trying to get the Americans out, as was always the ideal for what they were trying to do.
0: More information. Haiti, it's you. I'm on Haiti right yeah. now? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's a Haiti is is on the same situation that, that all, a lot of these other countries are in right now. Everything, all the prices are high right now. That People can't get gas. People can't get water. People can't get the things that they need because they're being hoarded by the people that are at the top. And especially Haiti. You know, Haiti is run... Right now, you're just looking at a country that's sort of been going through the same sort of impoverishment due to the hoarding of wealth and neoliberal policies and hyper-capitalism and late-stage capitalism, and it's putting people on the brink, and they're not trying to deal with that. But with them, it's more even a situation where, like, literally people don't have water. And when that starts popping off, like, you know, things got to go, things got to change, you know, it's once again, it's just really a microcosm of a lot of other things that are happening. It's just hyper wealthy people take so much resources that literally people can't drink fresh clear water
2: yes and that all of these political powers that were put in place have done the economic destabilization that they were designed to am
0: i on canada too old canada
1: yo isn't that great man where you can fucking <laughs> literally lose count lose count on how many times your bitch ass performs blackface, brownface. brown face not motherfucking whiteface, and still ride to victory those non-racist fucking Canadians.
0: Yeah. It's okay. true, though. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Give it up. That was good, Peter. Core, Nina.
1: upper body <laughs> strength. <laughs> Give it up. Yo, it's like when you have Melania in your motherfucking, you know, uh, in your fucking campaign, oh, y'all man. all hugged up like Tupac and Faith Evans and shit.
0: <laughs> Bro. Wow. Bro. wow. Bro.
2: You're i want not wanna even say, remotely ashamed of yourself. I want to. I want
0: to. I want to get this. I want to wrap this up. We want to talk about neoliberalism. Justin Trudeau is the king of that shit right now. We talk about, like, indigenous people when it comes to the United States. Like, they
1: don't exist. Like, it ain't a gang of them motherfuckers in Canada, bro. But
0: Canada, yeah. And and let me tell you something. These, these like, super nice white people.
1: Do not give a fuck about illusions. <laughs> yeah. At yeah.
0: all. And, and, yeah, and everyone talks about, oh, Canada's so great. Let's move to Canada. Trump's here. Oh, let's go to Canada. Trudeau, oh, he's such a dream. Blah, 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 Yeah, they're oppressing indigenous people. They're building pipelines. They're uh, degrading the environment just like we are. So suck a bit. Big ol' wiener. How about them apples? Hey,
1: only if it's got some putane on that shit. <laughs> you know what
0: I'm saying? Just real quickly, because we're, I know we're going. We have some. There was so much to talk about, and we have we have so much more to talk about. So just Iraq, all. right now, Iraq. I guess we don't have to. We know what's been going on for the last 16 years. I think everyone there is just you know truly fed up, and you know Iraq fucked up. What, what we did to that country. And it's really fucked up about what we continue to do while we're there. People are, they're shooting protesters, like, straight up. I don't have a, a, a too much context on, on what's going on right now, but just, like, look what we put that country through and what we put those people through.
1: Millions of Iraqis died. And that's to say nothing of all of the birth defects. The genital birth, uh, the congenital birth defects.
0: Because of this, like... Depleted uh, uranium. Re- the uranium. still
1: in the fucking soil. But
0: it's nice because the guy who went to war... Have you seen his paintings? Did you see him dancing on Ellen? Dancing with Ellen. Ellen said he's a nice
1: guy. Every time someone should show a like a fucking child, this guy like three fucking arms because they live by where the United States and those people will. Those those are real fucking. And
0: that and that city will exist like that for. Hundreds of years, we're in our bag. You know we're pissed off right now. Man,
1: fucking Ellen, man. But this is why I say again, man, like, white women refuse to perform the work that is needed for sustained allyship to make themselves useful in intersectional fucking coalitions.
2: But to also hold themselves accountable. Like, they absolutely perpetuated a lot of these systems and things that are in place. And now they're actively participating in it,
1: e.g. Ellen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, factual. And uh, with this, all these situations... Fight for
1: Congressman Hill. Same shit.
0: All these situations right now are still fluid. We are asking... I appreciate y'all for going through so much. That was so dense. But these are situations that are continually... They're, they're still fluid. We're still going to be talking about them for weeks and months and days coming up. So you can do your own research like... By the time you hear this podcast, things might have changed. So, um, yeah, we're going to keep our ear to the street because all we do is consume consume media and news. And that's what we do. That's why we have this podcast. Um, but y'all do your own research. And, you know, hit us with your questions if you got anything specific. We love to research. That's what we do all day. Gang, motherfucking gang. Uh, any other things uh, y'all have to say? No, friend.
2: You wrap that up beautifully. You have to. Yeah, you're the cat.
0: Y'all are so. Y'all I think interested. we need
1: to. You think they're ready?
0: I think we gotta style on them. Be with me. Please, oh, you mad because I'm styling on? So today it depends on I guess how uh how much bitterness you hold. Uh could be a great petty day. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, w- uh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs>
1: They took me from a show I knew nothing about. Oh, my God. All of my motherfucking friends that are cool much... were talking about how fucking great this show was. I got guilted and shamed into watching the show, and I was right. They were amazing. The show was great. They were not wrong. I was like, wow, I've cheated myself out of this experience for three seasons. <laughs> so then I have to fucking take the plunge. I'm fucking watching... Seasons and seasons and seasons of shit. Shit I normally don't do for anything other than fucking anime. Get caught up. Now I'm in the front. Now I'm out there preaching the goddamn gospel. Talking to motherfuckers. Oh, it's this fucking show you gotta see. Greatest show ever. Maybe it's in contention with the fucking wire. Maybe it's in contention with Breaking Bad. And then this rotten son of a bitch.
0: The
2: imi- no, man, I'm over it. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I could tell.
0: Now nah, you can easily tell that you're over it. So let me give the story out. I don't know their full names anymore. I just call them Dan and Dave. I mean, that's sufficient. Dan and Dave, that's canon for me. They are out of Star Wars. They are out. Ooh, the fireworks and celebration. When... Confetti is flying. Um, I still, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm satisfied by this. I had a good morning when this news came out. I think it was maybe Thursday. I was at my job, you know, whatever, doing a bullshit, pretending to work.
2: Where were you when you received the news? Yeah, I was
0: at work (laughs) pretending to be at work watching YouTube videos. And of course this comes up directly in my recommended and I'm just have a little session in there, you know, I close my door, I lock it, you know, I'm just in there Having a great time laughing with whatever YouTube video I was watching because that was their whole thing. They gave up Game of Thrones, you know. Um, HBO wanted another season and they wanted more. They wanted longer seasons and they said no because we offered do Star them Wars. all
1: the money they needed to make the project fit to whatever vision they thought it would make it best. As a fucking starving artist. Can you fucking believe a nigga hands you the bag, says, put all, take from it whatever you need <laughs> to make the best whatever? Poems, song, CD, rap album, beats, whatever money you need. No, nope. no, nah, I got enough. I'm good. This is all I need. And you know what? Fuck this show, man. I want to go do some mother shit.
2: I can tell you're so over it. <laughs>
0: It's just funny to me that they said that they didn't have time. It's like, just why I even say anything. You're out. You got fired. No one wants to see that. You have some huge deal with Netflix. Netflix is just throwing money around because it's the only thing that they have. And they're trying to stay alive. So don't get me that. Dan and Dave, truly fuck y'all, man. And Game of Thrones. Oh, that brings us to the next news that's connected. So the Game of Thrones prequel canceled it's saturday it's saturday um you know it i felt like i got this news basically on the same day and i don't know if it's related and i guess they just wanted to rip the band-aid off as quickly as they could i mean they had two different prequels
1: in production though right and what they did was they got rid of the stark one and they're going with the fucking targaryens so we're essentially gonna get um the targaryen conquest so it's like it's like retroactively it's like yeah, it's promoting Danny all over again it's like fuck that Stark shit y'all got enough of the F- Starks Game yeah. of Thrones definitely
0: turned into the Starks now we bringing it back Targaryens interested i i the only thing that's going to ever bring me back to a series like that is if they go with something that's completely out of Westeros something like E.T. or I think you have the opportunity to do
1: that out of all the stories for the Targaryen story that's the one that's the most because the Targaryen imp- the 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 Empire of the Valerians is so huge there's the possibility to get stories in a shy. possibility to get stories, you know what I'm saying? in via Dothrak, like all of that. But I mean, to me that would have been the most interesting thing. Give me a show straight up out of a shy. Let me know what the fuck's going on in YT. Like the, he's such an interesting world and we got so little of it, you know what I'm saying? Like if I, got I don't' got a see bad no taste more
0: in my mouth that right. honestly. Anything I don't that trust resembles that we have trust issues.
1: My loss of part. trust is retroactive. It's their <laughs> fucking fault. It's their fucking fault. Okay. So next is Twitter walks away from all political ads. What
0: are y'all thoughts on this?
1: I mean, they're still not getting rid of propaganda, you know what I'm saying? So long as Cheeto and Chief can still get up there and be like, Oh, witch hunt. Oh, this is all lies. Oh, don't believe your fucking eyes. Oh, my God, master of gaslight. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but, you know, if you're not going to fucking block and ban these fucking literal fascists and people that we know are state actors, like what's happening with the fucking regime and Saud,
0: like, you know, I mean, come on, you know? Do you think this, this has become a trend at all? Because Facebook basically is political ads. That's like basically how they basically earn their money, right? I mean, yeah, Cambridge Analytica, duh. Yeah. But yeah. this doesn't, you don't think this is going to translate over to like... To other social media Uh, channels? No, I
2: think like honestly, maybe I'm pessimistic, but Twitter's Q3 earnings missed the mark, and then suddenly they're like, "Shit, well, it'll get us back in the news." This, I guess. But I mean, what's Dan, like? Like Amoja said, business
0: models. I don't even know how is Twitter making money. Just ads. Everything. Basically, everything we consume, we pay with ads, right? Yeah, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, right? We're missing what where they're really making their revenue, like you said. So it's not the ads, okay? We have to stop the democratic lie that Russian ads are what swung the fucking twenty sixteen. What's it's an really absurd important, argument? It sucks really and absurd, and it argument. takes the wind out of the left. Oh, you're not really a leftist. You're working for Russia, bitch. Russia's not the left. Miss me with that shit. (laughs) The fuck are you talking about? Fucking authoritarians and fucking oligarchs. Facts. Big time oligarchs. But what's really important is the metadata, right? If Twitter is still selling the metadata, that's what's important. Because the people just advertise in different ways. So long as you can still aggregate the messages that get sent, it's still a great platform for propaganda. Probably the best, Twitter. But Facebook is not far behind and they're both still selling metadata, that's where the real damage is. So long as they're still selling people's metadata, the people like Cambridge Analytica can figure out how to manipulate the people that are, are their target demographics. That's what's really the thing. It's not really about the ads. The ad, look, you shouldn't be able to buy an ad that's overtly fucking false. I mean, you just shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to make an ad that says, Chicken is healthy. Fried chicken is healthy. <laughs> chicken. Yeah, fucking ice cream is my dessert. You shouldn't be able to make that fucking Yeah, Atkins
0: egg. diet. That was an entire commercial Lincoln. for that.
2: Yeah, I was going to say any diet fad that kind of pops up
0: in your ad stream. But I hear you, man. I hear you. It wasn't so, your best work, but it was acceptable.
1: <laughs> sweet yellow onion.
0: Organic.
1: Yo, so what's what's popping? Kelly Ripa on her son who lives in Bushwick. Oh, God. Says that he, you know, he has extreme poverty. Um, I think he loves the freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates uh, paying his own rent, and he is chronically poor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think he ever <laughs> really experienced, uh, you know, extreme poverty oh, like of now.
0: Do so y'all know who Kelly Ripa
1: is? Bruh, my What's black it? boy soul, bro. I'm going to have to let y'all have this.
0: Uh, Mo man, when we were talking last week about <laughs> Joe Biden's son, and you were kinda like, you know, he's not he's not rich, he's just making fifty thousand dollars a month, <laughs> which actually I think it's up to a hundred thousand a month that he was My making son probably more did than nothing that. wrong it well
1: it's 50,000 in Ukraine he got those kind of sweetheart deals all over the world he has those sweetheart deals in China so who knows how many yeah, companies how much are paying he was really him 30,000 a month here 50,000 a month there but again it's to them it's still not rich rich because they live in the world with Bezos land yeah. motherfuckers have 130 billion dollars and shit they're like what the fuck is he's only making $400,000 a year how can he live? My like, son that's how getting out of touch. Wrong. Like this, this is why motherfuckers really stormed the Bastille, bro. That's, on some, yeah. Let them
0: eat cake, shit. Well, this, the thing about it is, you know, he's really rich because he's not buying forens. <laughs> oh he's not spending all his money on forens. But what I'm saying is, Kelly Ripa used to be on what was that? The morning show that was like Regis and Kathie Lee, and then Michael Strahan was on, or whatever. Yeah. Some fucking super duper basic ass daytime television that's like crazy if you actually watch that shit you know no no hate no judgment but you know it is what it is and uh yeah i guess she was on there she was talking about her son who lives in bushwick which is like hipster brooklyn all the you know most of brooklyn is getting hipsterfied and gentrified the nothing sweeps the land and uh he's living in bushwick and i guess he's in some one bedroom apartment that's like if you're a rich person who lives in Tribeca, I'm sure it's like, oh, my
2: God. It's so scandalous. Oh, oh God, it's so
0: tidy. Is this a bodega? Extreme what? poverty. <laughs> like- you no. Know? And that's what he's on. And I guess he, he was eating noodles or some shit. Oh, Probably my Probably eating at some delicious, like, hole-in-the-wall yeah. spot in in the one of the last, like, authentic places right. in Brooklyn. Right, he's in, got in a big mommy Brooklyn. and daddy
2: for some money, for food money, I and guess. And she's like,
0: he's he...
1: Has, Fuck out of here! This ex- nigga is eating in some one of them fucking spots where they have the fucking the panel brick on the wall and shit. Extreme you know, poverty, you know oh, like
0: for sure. That fake I, ass Soho bullshit where oh, it looks totally. like. Oh, Come on, I yeah. totally agree. But she said he's experiencing extreme, extreme, extreme,
1: extreme poverty. Extreme, poverty. extreme,
0: extreme <laughs> poverty, oh. is like. Yo. In my
1: motherfucking early 20s, bro, when I'm living, me, Stoyan, Robert, Taz, fucking Slavica, like 80 of us in a double wide in King, Arkansas, motherfuckers are like literally having to like hustle groceries and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Slide, swiping on a quick, motherfuckers not
0: knowing where the meal is. Are you fucking kidding me? Extreme Pipe, like, this is the shit, man, for real. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, bro, I remember growing up, man, like, getting eviction notices on your your joint, and you weren't even tripping that you had an eviction notice, you just wanted to get it off the door so people wouldn't see. Like, I really remember living that, like, a consistent part of my life was like, okay, well, tomorrow they might throw our stuff out, so let me, like, plan for that. And this is like, what, I don't know, seventh grade, I'm making these, like, conscious decisions and you're telling me that someone's in Bushwick and fucking Hipsterville in Brooklyn, the most one of the most gentrified areas now in the last four or five years.
2: Yeah, but she also admitted that oh, he has to ask us for money now, and that must be
0: so. but you got for it. Him.
2: But yeah, they've got it, and that he always knows he can fall back on his parents.
0: Right, but I bet you even them because this is how fucked up white people parents are. They're like, we have to give him money. I thought we gave him everything. Now we have to give him more money. And it's like, that's what I think she was saying. Like, what was me. I got to give my extreme poor son. Yo, bro, you think they put points on the package? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to loan you this money, but
1: because of moral hazard, I feel like it's important that we charge you 5.5 APR on this. Who's your (laughs) (laughs) co-signer?
0: Let me get your credit score. Man, look. Yo, but let me tell you, man, on some real shit, though, y'all. These rich people really think we out here just wasting money on... I don't know, fancy dinners and uh, bowling shoes. I don't know what the fuck they think we're buying. Like, motherfuckers is really out here, bruh, struggling every day. Like, we keep, you know, I I guess we front a lot or maybe just in general people front a lot. When two-thirds of America
1: is one paycheck away from losing their fucking mortgage, bruh.
0: And that's what we were talking about with all of these protests, bro. It's over the fact that motherfuckers don't have basic human needs in 2019 right. with the amount of technology and, t- and, and, and you know what I mean, like, resources that we have like to create a utopia. Right. Let's talk about,
1: like, because this is what neoliberalism really is, right? So let's look at TARP. This was a program that got started by Bush when the recession hit in 2008. I know that's like an eternity for a lot of you guys, but this is very real. 2008. It's affected, is, right? So What's he that? threw half... So let's say let's say lowball. Let's say it was half a billion, half a billion. No, no, it was definitely more because it was way bigger private. So yeah, it was 500 billion that fucking uh, that Bush threw at it, right? The lesser, and then Obama came in and threw another 500 billion because all of the houses were overvalued because of all of the balloon bubble payments. Now ask yourself, why the fuck was the banks still allowed to go and evict people? Because if you're gonna spend a billion dollars on this. Why not put that billion dollars to evenly, split it evenly across everybody that's bought a house in the last five years? You get a tax break, and we're splitting this $500 billion amongst every single American that did this. Republican, Democrat, it don't fucking matter. You got cheated with these houses. Now, you know what's going to happen? The first immediate thing that's going to happen? Everybody that's upside down on their fucking home, you're just going to give the money to the bank anyway. So the bank is still going to be fucking solvent. Yeah, but they want the money and the house. They want the money and the fucking house. And this is what neoliberalism is. Instead of saving the fucking Americans that got fucking cheated, the banks got the money. The banks still came back and repoed everybody's fucking homes. And they got the double
0: fucking dip. Yeah, and if it was Donald Trump that did that, everyone would have been up in arms. Oh, my God, look what he did. Yeah. But, but because George, it was... Ju-
1: yeah, dance-ass George Bush with fucking uh, with, with Ellen... And then Obama came right back in. And so that's a trillion dollars that went straight to the banks, whereas that trillion dollars worth of money would have bought a whole generation of people. And it's creating
0: another housing bubble.
1: Right. And if they would have done that, that would have taken care of the student loan bubble. Hmm. Because then you wouldn't be doubly under. Like, you owe them on your mortgage. Well, the banks are just
0: your... so breaded, dog. Yeah. Right. They're so breaded and have so much influence in the, in the lobbies. Man, they just walking on clouds right now. They are making hand over fist. So
1: you know, I mean, you know, we don't. want Everywhere go home. in the world, really, right,
0: bro, bro. The bro. banks in the world right now.
1: You know what it makes me want to do, bro? What? It makes me want to rage. It makes me want to
0: rage against the motherfucking
1: machine. That's right, Gen X up in this motherfucker. I know you niggas is hating real hard right now. We got Tool back out there kicking y'all in the fucking dick. We got motherfucking rage against the machine running shit. It's just like the 90s are back again, man. You motherfuckers better be happy that Tupac and Biggie is dead. Because other than that, it'd be over for all you motherfuckers, okay? Gen X up in this bitch, hardcore, running shit, rage against the machine. Yo, I don't want a G-Ride. I want the machines that are making them. What? They rally around a fucking family with a pocket full of motherfucking shells? Wow. What?
0: I hope they could make good music in 2019. I
1: would like to see them put out new music as opposed to just, like, getting together to tour together. Because, like, nigga, really? But, I mean, that shit is still dumb, dumb relevant, bruh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be a fun live show, and they can help you rem- reminisce. I'm wow. with that. That's where it is for me. <laughs> Look, bro. Zach still got like some of the
1: illest lyrics of all time, bro. Zach is like a premier lyricist. Can you acknowledge that, Millennial Boy?
0: You're not gonna acknowledge that. I will acknowledge wow. that in his time, he was very this dangerous is a with the He <laughs> listened to a lot of Drake. He listened very. to a lot of
1: Drake. Audience. He loved because the fucking I don't Aubrey Graham. Agree with you. You start making other arguments. <laughs> yes.
0: Like I'm really up on here, standing for Drake. Yes, wow. I call a spade a spade at a time. <laughs> yeah. If I like a Drake jump, anyway. Any more? Any more sass? The coming from this area of the room, not here. Wow. Not in not the not, Nikita section. Not on that side. All right. All right, <laughs>
1: man. We need to change everybody's motherfucking paradigm. All right, paradigm shift. Let's do it. <laughs>
2: What we do now, and in the next few years, will profoundly affect the next few thousand years.
0: So um, I wanted to, you know, this is paradigm shift. This is we're wrapping up the 2010s as we go into the roaring 20s. Look at um, us go! Yeah, we're. Moment, did you tell me that in April, all of April is going to be 420? Four. Twenty. Oh, that's day. All of fucking April. I need to quit my job by then. Wow. <laughs> yeah, baby. Now we're rolling. Uh, yeah, you know. Anyway, <laughs> I got yeah, day here. Whatever that means, Whatever I don't that know. Means. Anyway, so anyway, anyway, before code.
1: the is that your locker code <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that how locker codes work? Just two three numbers. Anyway. Exactly how lockers <laughs> work. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. back in like what the six what days you? for you,
0: the first locker ever made, <laughs> right? Davy right. Jones's locker,
1: 16th right. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
0: so, you know, century major. technology. All right, let's go, let's do it. So, I was thinking, um, you know, we were talking, we've been talking a lot about this paradigm, shit, but I was just thinking about in the 2010s, like what kind of because y'all are artists, y'all are creatives because I'm I'm tremendously moved by art all the time. And I was just thinking about the 2010s and bringing them into context, like what art or media or aspect of the 2010s really changed you really moved you really progressed you forward. Let's give us some context.
2: Man, this is then when it puts into perspective how much media I freaking consume, man. <laughs> like, right? I'm like, Oh, God, I have to do a Almost decades worth. Uh, Well, I gave you
0: this question before, so...
2: Yeah, that's true. So I had (laughs) time to think about it, thank God. Um, I would say for me, honestly, it would be... I'm going to pick two, because that's how I'm going to roll. So for me, it would be The Good Place, which is a television show. I'm not going to spoil too much. Folks can look it up, or they already know. But I like... Because the question it asks of the show itself, and honestly of the audience... Is what makes a good person, but then kind of identifies that people aren't born good. People have to work at it, but even doing good things doesn't necessarily make you a good person. I don't know. In my life, it kind of put into perspective because some of the kindest, most compassionate people I know had to really work for it. They had to endure a lot of tragedy, a lot of difficulty in their lives. and, And being kind and doing good in the world, like you two motherfuckers, is a choice that you make every day. And it goes into, like, a lot of deeper things, but I think at the core of it, that's what it is. And along those same lines, then, the second piece of media would be a movie called Revolver.
1: That, (laughs) I'm going to let emotion talk about. (laughs) This motherfucker here, man. That was, uh, you know, Guy Ritchie, man, he's hit or miss, man. I remember that King Arthur shit, and it's literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
2: Oh, God, he did King Arthur? It's dumb
1: bad. It's dumb bad, but, like... There was a moment where he couldn't miss, bruh. Snatch was incredible. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Rock and roller. But then when it came to motherfucking Revolver, he takes, okay, Andre 3000 has one of the best acting jobs I've ever seen him do in his acting career. And he's always good. And he's even better. In this movie. And then he somehow manages to get a fucking great fucking acting performance out of Jason Statham, stiff as a bored ass. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, fast and a fucking furious ass motherfucker. And like, it's incredible because the whole movie is a deep dive into your ego as your ultimate adversary. Like how everybody else exists and their problems to circumvent. But really, the biggest problem is often your fucking ego. Now look, that can be some gaslighty ass, you know, if you put on a happy smile, happy things will happen. But often, man, truly, defeating your ego and and having the ego death as often as possible, not listening to the lies your ego whispers in your ear, that's some very powerful shit. It's very profound. And uh, the movie radically changed my whole fucking awareness. So I'm super happy you picked it because it's media I might have picked as well.
2: Which sounds like you have a second pick.
1: That's not my second pick. It, it would have been my pick. In. But since you picked that pick,
0: I would say. Did you want to say anything about Revolver, though, since it was yours, Keita?
1: Oh, no, it's exactly what Emosha said.
2: Honestly, the synopsis is great. It's It's letting go of the ego, which is super hard, but also figuring out where the ego sneaks in. To make your decisions or to make you dive into that lower lower level and trying to identify that within yourself. And that's hard.
1: Yeah, I recently said that vanity is nothing more than pride weaponized against yourself, right? And the ego loves vanity. Ego's projection of yourself is one of two things always. It's only ever way more magnificent than you ever really are or way less magnificent than you ever are. Ego never sees you as you really are. It's a projection of your greatest amplification of self or your greatest rejection of self. I ain't shit. Everything I do is trash. I'm the worst ever. Because even making you the worst ever makes you the best ever. That's what the fucking ego does. Or the other way, the ego is, I'm the best ever. No one has ever done this shit that I've done. Take the fucking credit. Great example of what the fucking dragon's deal looks like. You know, so I feel you on that shit. It's a great one. For me, the media I would pick would be Hunter x Hunter, which is absolutely exceptional. It's one of the greatest anime ever made. It's an incredible story that amplifies and magnifies every fucking season. It's just a little bit more kicking it than it was. You know, and it's it's the traditional, you know, shonen hero, anime... But what's great about it is its attack on what you expect as far as traditional masculinity, what friendship looks like, what growth looks like, what risk looks like, and also the way that it talks about the world as a manifestation of, like, its concept of this thing called NEN, N-E-N, which I highly recommend everybody. If you haven't seen Hunter x Hunter, definitely watch it. But if even if you don't have the time for all that, definitely look up their concept of NEN and uh, how that how that really affects life and the way that you move through the world. I mean, it changed my consciousness. So both of those are super dope. What you got?
0: I mean, Drew Law. Yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna stick with. I want to say just in general, I really appreciate y'all two for really pointing me in the right direction when it comes to anime in general. Because I I, I previously to 2010, I don't know how much anime I had ever watched really maybe other than dragon ball being so connected and just entranced by western media and that western story structure and yeah. all the tropes that we have to deal with getting into anime really broke that a lot for me and opened me up to a lot of different ways to tell stories i'm watching hunter x hunter now it's it's great it, it could have easily been one of my decisions but i'm going to go with a show called attack on titan that, that really gave a lot of perspective it, re- it really is a dark pessimistic you know sort of outlook on On just like being able to maintain society, like what a society looks like and how hard it is to maintain that and how how much it can change when you introduced all this different chaos. And I just think as a revolutionary, as I like move forward, definitely this decade has changed me radically when it comes to politics, like just thinking about a world that's just so entrenched in terror and uh, bureaucracy and all the things that Attack on Titan sort of addresses Really resonates with me, and it's one of the reasons that Batman v Superman, which in everyone else's mind is a horrible movie, and in my mind it's a pretty decent movie. I, I like that movie, and I I just appreciate like the dark aspects, the brooding aspects. But when it comes to Attack on Titan, it, it's just so beautifully done to me, and it's it's terrifying, and uh, you know I I I really gained a lot from it. And then the second thing I'm gonna just put out there is really a generic. It's not it's not any anything in particular, but just the quality of YouTube videos. Oh, and, my God, and, and right? Just, yeah, I mean, just the amount of things that I can learn watching a YouTube video. And I know we joke about it, like, oh, just YouTube it. But think about the resource that YouTube is, not only in how to do stuff. Like, anytime I want to do something, when we did this podcast, we went straight to YouTube. Da-da-da-da-da. How do you yeah. make a podcast? <laughs> oh, download it, download it. You know how our brain works. Download, download, download. Not just for how to do stuff. But truly on philosophy, I think one of my favorite things to do is talk about media and talk about the messages that are encapsulated in those those mediums. The way that YouTube just breaks those things down, it, it, we having a larger conversation socially about art and politics and how those things mesh and it's regular people having those conversations. I just think it's done a really good job of teaching people and, and it is one of the few ways the internet is beneficial to you instead of like we were talking about metadata like taking that metadata from you like extracting as much as possible from you as a consumer and I'm not saying YouTube isn't doing that but it provides so much and you really don't give much because it's all user user generated which is the best form of media really the amount of stuff that I learn and how I change and view the world based on YouTube videos yeah. I think was a huge shift Hey, I feel you, man. I feel like YouTube
1: could radically revolutionize American education. And I can't tell you how many schools I go into, and they have YouTube completely blocked. Well, they might see things that are untoward. It's like, motherfucker, have you used a computer in the last 30 fucking years? Like, you can't even get rated R content on fucking YouTube. YouTube demonetizes and pulls shit left and fucking right. If you want to learn history... Bro, I can learn more about what happened in the Crimean War from watching YouTube for 15 minutes than I can reading whatever fucking cute and fucking
0: Mifflin-ass book you done got some kid reading for two hours. Man, I could imagine if I just, enti- instead of going to high school at all, like, at all. If I just would have stayed home and watched YouTube videos, I'd yeah. be infinitely more intelligent yeah. than I am Yeah, I'm going to watch an now.
1: hour of history. All right, I'm going to watch an hour of math theory. Now I'm going to watch an hour of creativity going through all these Adobe suite fucking how-tos and shit. Like, you could easily, man, an hour on how to fucking, you know, the dynamics of how to weld. I mean, all of that shit is there, man, for free. Like, it is the library of fucking Alexandria. Now look, some of that shit is bullshit, but you know what? A it's free. You get to figure out what's real and what's not.
2: Yeah, that's where that education comes in, so you can figure out
0: what's real and what's not. Yo, that's a great point though, because I feel like one of the the, the smartest. Like when people say, "Oh, that person smart," like pointing out bullshit is one of those skills that you just really need to learn. Facts. I mean, there's just so much out there, but when you nice with it, when you got the when you got the what is it? is it? I forget what it is. is it the sexy? radius. My radius to the bullshit is very high. Yeah. You know, I got a hundred mile radius to the bullshit. What you're thinking the about bullshit. there is
1: Gyo. So again, Yo. y'all, we're talking about Hunter x Hunter fucking concepts. Yo. And get what Gyo is, is the true sight. It's like when you use your power to look through Mm -hmm. the
0: bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm laser beam. I'm laser beam through the bullshit. Fuck with me if you want to. You know what I'm
1: saying? So like, yeah, man, fucks with that Hunter X Hunter. Yo, and again, man, we're talking about paradigm shifts. So I hope what this episode has done, if nothing else, is it's changed what you look for and what you believe is possible as far as your politicians go. There was a time when the Democrats posited themselves as fucking the champions of the working class. But we're seeing what champions of the working class do all across South America. Yeah. If you don't believe in white supremacy, right, no, absolutely, and you're just looking for the best ideas everywhere, there are really good ideas of how to fucking attack neoliberalism and how to really become a politician that can offer platforms that move and affect people's lives if you are willing to watch like if you're a leftist why are you not watching how healthcare was built and implemented in cuba why wouldn't you you know what i'm saying why wouldn't you be watching how how the land has been redistributed to help the poorest of the poor in venezuela why wouldn't you why wouldn't you be expecting a president to come in and take no money and not have any kickbacks like what's happening in bolivia why wouldn't you Right, you're giving all these examples of what good politicians on the left should be modeling and what's super crazy, all of the silence from the quote unquote left and center left Democrats. Why are they not call why did Bernie Sanders not call to fucking congratulate all of these leftists in South America that have won striking elections? Unless you're gonna say all of these are fake elections too, right? Which is the great American story. When have we ever had an election where 88% of the viable population showed up and cast a vote for somebody? Mm. That sounds like real democracy to me. And all I'm saying is, as a paradigm shift, I think maybe we can begin to ask more from the people that we will be electing to lead us and bring us into the
0: 21st century. Keita, thoughts about just uh, wrapping up here?
2: Oh, man. Just like that, the broad historical context of this... The world globally definitely could have informed a lot of what we were seeing in the United States. I mean, we only covered like a very, very kind of small drop in the political history and historical context of all of these countries. But what we have seen there, were testing grounds essentially for what we face in the United States. But also, like Amoja said, what we're capable of. And the the change that we can achieve as well.
0: Well said, y'all are tremendous.
2: So are you, my friend.
0: I you you're know, the I, best. You know I love affirmations so much. Yes, it's like a back rub to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo. You know when someone gives you a good back rub and your eyes roll back and you're like, oh, that's oh, you yeah. hit the right, That's how I feel about affirmation. There's I'm a like a lot oh, of sketchy yeah. shit
1: that happened this night. You know, and and all I can take from it is this: understand, there are podcasts that are bigger. There are podcasts. They have more fucking views. But when it comes to the BMF belt, motherfucker, ain't no early stoppages. This is our shit. We the baddest motherfuckers in the game. Y'all make that shit real. Y'all know what the real is. Yo, shout out to all the homies that continue to engage us all over the world. Chopping up with the homies in Hawaii, talking about shit. You know, they gave a lot of shout outs for, like, you know, giving that perspective about, yeah, like, if you want Hong Kong free, keep it the same energy for us, man. We'd love to be the nation of Hawaii. It's just cool to have our homies all over the world showing up, you know, talking about they digging what we dropping. And so, hey, y'all are the real heroes, but we are the baddest motherfuckers.
0: Yeah. Gang gang. Hey <laughs> baby.